Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, we're in a uh, series right now and I titled Foundations. And I uh, really felt in my heart at the end of last year that before we even start talking about this idea of building anything in 2023, that before we build, it's important to make sure we have a strong foundation in all that we do. Um, I know Zeke's a builder. Is anyone else in, 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 the, in, the, in a building kind of uh, area? And, and um, it's important that before we build anything, we have strong foundations. You know, near where I am right now, there's houses going up and long before we see any kind of scaffolding going up, you'll often see the preparation of the ground first. You'll see big holes being dug, you'll see concrete being poured in, you'll see the levelling of the foundation being ensured before there's any kind of building that takes place. And you know what? In the same kind of way, as we build our lives in Christ, we want to have some clear foundations that we can indeed build off. And a few of those foundations we've been talking about last few weeks. We've talked about this idea of living a life of worship. We talked about last week having uh, living a life of prayer. And uh, some of you guys here might be partnering with us and involved in some prayer and fasting this last few weeks. If that's you, I want to say a massive thanks for that. Um, but this week, I actually want to be able to spe- speak and share on the power of God's Word, the supreme Word, that the uh, sovereignty of God's Word. And so we're going to dive into the Word in just a second. Um, but as we do that, I just want to be able to... Um, just take some time here just to be able to outline some thoughts here that, that we live in a world right now where there's an unapologetic push against the Word of God. And you only have to watch the news for five or six or so minutes to realise that there is an agenda out there, and as Ephesians 6 calls it, there are plans and schemes of the enemy that we have to be making sure that we are finding ourselves well equipped to be able to stand in times like this. You know, Ephesians 6 says that uh, we are ought to be mighty and powerful in his name. And we are able to do that when we find ourselves fully equipped with the armour of God. And one of the pieces of the armour of God, and interestingly enough, often when we think about this idea of armour, we think about defence. It's about how we can be protected. But one of the pieces of the armour of, of God, it speaks about the sword of the Spirit. It speaks about the power of His Word. And the sword is all to be wielded in an offensive kind of mode. And my hope and my prayer is that we'll be a church founded on the Word of God. You see, our world will have all sorts of different teachings. And, and, and Ephesians 4 talks about this idea of a, a bit like winds that blow from the left, winds that blow from the right. And if we're not founded in the Word of God, if we don't have a foundation in the Word of God, what ends up happening is that we actually just get blown with every new wave of teaching. And my hope and my prayer, instead of being blown around by different waves of teaching, we'll find ourselves being founded indeed on the Word of God here. Is that all right this morning? Oh, this, this evening? The Bible's here. When you turn to Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty-four to twenty-seven, and uh, we're going we're to hang in this piece, this uh, bit of scripture, for the majority of the time here today. It says these words: Therefore, 
Everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, everyone who hears these words of mine and then puts them into practice, so hear the word, puts them into practice, who knows here that's one thing to, to hear the word, it's another thing to do the word. It's one thing for us to, to find ourselves coming to church and, and singing some songs and hearing the preacher be able to preach, but it's another thing then to actually then put them into the rhythms and the practices of our life. I'm not too sure about you, but every now and then when I'm scrolling on Instagram, it's one thing to be able to see something quite inspirational on Instagram and even take a little screenshot and think I'll use that later and you never actually ever use it later and be able to actually and then put it into practice. This is why James, he talks about this idea of don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. My hope and my prayer is that we'll be, we'll be individuals, we'll be couples, we'll be families, we'll be a church who's stirred up by this idea of not just hearing about the word, but indeed going out and doing the word. And uh, what I've discovered is that it's very difficult to do what you don't know. Anyone else found that beforehand? And this is why it's so important to be in growth. It's why it's so important to be find ourselves planted in the Word and have the foundations of the Word living in and through us so then we can actually go and find ourselves living it out in, 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 the, in the call that God's got for us. And so, so Jesus is saying, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Everyone say wise man. All right, it's a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. And notice here, it doesn't say, if the rain comes down. And it says, the rain comes down. Circumstances, situations that are both in your control, out of your control, will happen in life. And this is where it says this, this is the rains that will come down. It says, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But... Now, anytime you see the word but in Scripture, it's often important to be able to pay a, a little bit of attention there because often there's a, there's a contrast, often there is an ultimatum, often there's an, is an opposite sort of thought here. It says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sands. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. You know, this, this afternoon, I want to be able to share with you guys, I guess my, my, my title for my message here today is Practical Christianity. Practical Christianity. And really thought around this is not just to hear the words, but to put them into practice. I want to talk about in your, in your own life here, how we can find ourselves in this, in this pretty crazy world that we live in, living kingdom-minded. And um, I actually mentioned to Ali on the way home that, as I preached this morning, I had a real sense that this actually might become a series that we look into about how we can live practically in this world, practically in, in a kingdom mind. You know, practical Christianity is about putting God's word into practice. Let me say that again. Practical Christianity is about putting God's word into practice. Now, practicing doesn't mean that you're perfect. Anyone perfect here? All right, let's look at some honest people here. Practice doesn't mean you're perfect. But what it does, well, actually, yeah, Eliana might make a claim right there that Eliana say, yeah, I think she is absolutely perfect right now. She's, um, she's, she's well ahead of the game than, than the rest of us. 
But we don't, we, we practice because we are not actually perfect. That's the whole point of practice. You know, yesterday I took my little girl down, I took my little girl down to a um, athletics precinct uh, near, near where we live, um, just around the corner. She's riding her bike and then we paused and we stopped for um, a bit of fruit for, for morning tea. And we sat down and we happened to be right near where um, the 100 metre sprinters and 100 metre hurdles um, were, were training. And I can tell you, they were some of the fittest human beings that I've ever seen in my life. I mean... They had muscles where I didn't even think you could even grow muscles. They were just as fit as you can come. And I'm not too sure about you, but they knew they were fit. And so they were very happy to be able to show how fit they were, if you know what I mean. Um, They were not covering up their bodies at all. They were making sure that all the muscles were there to be seen and to be shown, right? And so they were very much in a place where they were um, training and they were, they, were, they, were, they were impressive, right? And they were up and down the, the, um, the 100 metre sprint section and um, they were doing their different warm-ups and their different kind of practices and their different time trials. And it was like, it was really impressive. We weren't talking like, you know, 12-year-olds. We're talking like sort of, you know, 20 to 25-year-olds. They were like, at their prime, and like I said, they had muscles on muscles on muscles. And interestingly enough, um, Ivy at one point she does come to me and says, says to me, um, "Dad, what are those? What are those lumps on those, on that man's stomach?" And I said to her. It's because he's really sick. Um, he's got these lumps on his stomach. And, um, you know, we've got to pray for him to make sure he's okay and um, they'll be okay. Um, and she says, is that true? I said, actually, darling, it's not true at all. Um, they're actually quite abdominals. And, um, she's, and then she goes, being a, a classic nine-year-old, she goes, Dad, where are your abs? And I said, well, they're locked away for safekeeping right now, darling. And uh, they're, they're, they'll come out at the right of time. And, um, you know, they're, 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 they're there, but it's not necessarily on for show right now. And, uh, you know, we, the athletes, they, they, they would train and they would practice and they would find themselves doing these movements over and over and over again. Why? Because they're perfect? No, because they were in a mode of trying to get better at what they were actually trying to do. You know, musicians, they come and they practice in order to become better musicians. Doctors, they practice medicine. Lawyers, they practice law. And they do these things in order to be able to get better at what they're called to be able to do. You know, in the same kind of way, we are called to be able to practice the words of Jesus, practice His Word in our life, not necessarily out of performance, but find ourselves to become transformed by the, from the inside out. You know, when you find yourself living out His Word, what happens is that you become transformed. You become uh, a new formation um, that takes place in your life. And this is what Jesus is trying to say in, during this particular time. And so we come to the scripture in Matthew chapter 7 and Jesus, what he's actually doing, he's actually wrapping up a really important message. You see, if you read from Matthew 5 through Matthew 7, we actually see one of his very first teachings taking place. We see the fact that he's actually doing something what we now know as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's effectively a time when Jesus is saying, hey, this is how I want you guys to live. In this time, he's actually outlining the, the, the Beatitudes or the beautiful attitudes that other people have been able to coin at times. He's outlined things like, hey, I want you to go and be the salt and the light of the world. And I love the fact that we were praying for one today to try and be the salt and the light of the world. To, and our world might be our next door neighbour. Our world might be the people on our street. Our world might be the, the school across the road. Our world might be in different sort of places. But Jesus is saying, hey, go and be the light and the salt 
of the world. He talks about this idea of making sure that um, we are enabled to be able to pray. He says, this, hey, this is how I want you to be able to calm and pray. He actually says that this is how I want you to be able to approach me and, and, and posture. And I love how he starts off with um, our Father. Again, he positions us as children in order to be able to come to our Father in this particular moment. He says things like, hey, um, you know, like, don't worry. Don't find yourself consumed in the things of this world, but find yourself actually seeking first the kingdom of God. And so he's basically bringing this teaching along and we get to this point in chapter 7 where he says, hey, now I've said all these things, but it's actually pointless if you're not actually going to then put them into practice. He actually describes the fact that as you do these things, you will be like a wise man building on solid rock. But if you just merely go in the different direction, if you find yourself ignoring these things, you become like the foolish man. I love how PC Jesus was back in the day. You're like the foolish man. And he says, it'd be like building on sandy land during this time. And so Jesus here, he's actually talking about building a house, but he's not actually talking about building a physical house. What he's talking about is actually building your life on the rock, building your life on Christ himself. And, uh, you know, I just want to be able to actually, let's get a bit practical for a second. I'd like to be able to sometimes bring some, some demonstrations into this and say, uh, I need a couple of volunteers. Um, I actually need three people to help me out. Josh, you're my first helper. Um, come on up the front. Thanks for volunteering. Um, <laughs> Coming up. And uh, I'm going to um, have Josh. Um, Zeke, I want your, your, your number two. Come, come on up. And um, I might actually get you to... He's, Zeke's actually come prepared and helped me out here. He's going to come and, um, and put a little tool belt on for me. He's, he's going to be our resident builder um, here today. So he's come ready to work. He's come ready to get, get organised. I'm going to get to my third person in just a second, okay? Um, Josh here... He's the closest thing to God I can think about right now. And so um, he's actually God. And, um, but in this particular case right now, he's actually uh, the character or, or a personality of an architect. Okay? By any chance, is there any architects in the room right now? I thought I'd just ask anyway. Um, so he's, and he's actually holding architectural drawings. You can actually look inside there. And they actually are architectural drawings inside there right now. Now, this is the picture that God's sort of given us right now. God knows the beginning all the way through to the ends. The nature of an architect is that before the building's even built, the architect will know the beginning from the foundations all the way through to the end point of that building being completed. That's the nature of an architect. You know, when we were contemplating the idea of maybe knocking down our house and rebuilding, we, 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 we looked into an architect, right? And they said, when you've got a blank slate, when all the buildings are gone, when you've got just land there, they could basically tell us right from the beginning what you had to do in order to be able to find ourselves in a place where the building would actually be built to its perfection. Now, I hate all that sort of stuff, and so uh, we'd never end up doing it. And it cost me a lot, of, it would have cost me a lot of money too, so I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But the nature of an architect is that they have the plans in their hands. The Lord has his plans for every single one of you right now. You are not a mistake. You're not by chance. I live in Jeremiah 29. The plans I have for you, he says. There is a hope and a future. Plans not to harm. And this is the nature of God. He has plans for every single one of us. He has the instructions, but he has given us his word 
which are like the architectural plans for us to be able to build our life on. Now, if we want to squeeze over here for this a little bit, we now have our builder right now. Um, isn't he a good looking model right now? Hey, he's doing really well. Um, all the barters are uh, jumping up here have been the, the models today. All right, so we have our builder right now. And I want to let you know that this is like you and I, okay? This is like you and I. There is a responsibility that God has given us to be able to build our life. And here's the beautiful thing. God gives absolutely everything to us in order for us to build our life. So many people think it's just the law that builds everything. No, He's given you the power of choice. He's given you a mind to be able to choose, but He's also given us everything we need in order to be able to make our life according to His plan. And uh, the nature of a builder is that his success is based on the ability to be able to follow the plans that he's been given. And this is what I want to encourage us and stir us up here today, is that we have been given His Word. We've been given His Word to be able to put into practice. And just like um, Zeke, if he was to go rogue and ignore all the plans that his boss gave him, I'm sure, particularly as a learning kind of uh, in his trade, he'd find himself in days where the outcome that the architect thought would be very different to what the builder is actually able to build. Uh, build. And this is the power of being able to actually follow his worm. Now, what do you got in this little tool belt here? You know, why don't you show me around here? So they've got a, well, a knife of some description. Is that even legal inside? I'm not too sure. Um, so I've got, it's, it's even on right there. Um, I close that one up right there. That's very good. Um, so we've got like the, the, the things that the Lord has given us. He's given his, his word. He's given us His Holy Spirit. He's given us the ability to be able to, for us to be able to connect with Him through prayer. He's given us the option for that to be belong to a church. He's given us the, the tools, I guess, to be able to, to go to leaders and those around us for, for wisdom and insight. He's given us so much. And what He's done, He's been able to set us up in a way like, okay, here, I'll pace the ball on the tee. Now I just want you to swing. I want you to swing real hard. I want you to go and live this life that God has called us to live. But it comes back to this idea of being following the plans, following the, the, the call that God has already given us. And so um, thank you very much for that. Now I know what I need. I actually need, a, I need an apprentice right now, okay? Because who knows that every single, every single builder has an apprentice, Okay. I'm going to ask you as a builder, as the master builder, who do you want to be your apprentice? <laughs> all right. All right. I like it. Come on up. I like this. I like this. All right. So oh, here's the tool belt. All right. So um, that's right. It's, that's right. It's not dirty. <laughs> um, there might be some teachings going on right here. Um, I like how you actually chose him. Now, we are in a situation right now where, so we have the architect... We have the builder, but then we have the apprentice. Now, for the analogy of this, it's necessarily always, but it's pretty funny. I like he's chosen his dad to be able to be the apprentice. Um, but in this particular situation, we all have a collective responsibility for those around us. To me, this is actually a picture of discipleship right here. With God being the, the master and he has the plan and he has the architectural beginning right through to the ends. He's then called us to be able to go and build our lives, build our life on the rock, build our life on the foundations of who He is. But then Zeke actually has a responsibility to those around him as well. And he has a responsibility to show Dave, in this particular case, all, all, all the tricks of the trade. You see, those around us are watching, they're listening, they're bound to, 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 to pick up the things that we are doing. 
And in the same way like Dave can probably learn one or two things of what Zeke's doing in his trade right now, we can do the same in our world as well. And my prayer as C3 New Hope, we'll find ourselves in a day where, where this picture is very much the norm about who we are. That when we come in small groups, when we come, out, come in church, there'll be not just a focus for our own well, but those around us as well. That's a truly powerful thing that we can find ourselves doing. Let me give a, a little round of applause for these guys here. Um, you know... The power of his word is so, so amazing. And uh, my, my hope, my prayer is that we will indeed see that picture over and over and over and over again um, in our worlds. I want to turn now to uh, Joshua chapter 5. Joshua, sorry, Joshua 1. Joshua 1. Where are we here, Joshua 1? I'm going to read from verse 7. And this particular piece of scripture is uh, a scenario, a conversation between Lord, the Lord and, and Joshua. Joshua is, um, has just taken over leadership of the Israelites and he's just moved into the promised lands. And who knows when you go into a new space, a new day, at times there can be times when you're like, I'm not too sure exactly what's ahead of me. I'm not too sure um, of what the new ground will indeed look like. And God gives him a rhema word. It's a rhema word. It's, a, it's a, often a, it's a sentence. It's a, something for him to be able to follow and something for him to be able to, 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 to grasp a hold of. And these words here is, be strong and very courageous. It says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to from the turning either to the right or to the left. Then, and again, when you said the word, then once you've done those things, then you will be successful in everything you do. It says, study this book of instruction continually. What's that mean? Don't just leave it to Sunday morning, uh, Sunday afternoons. Uh, find yourself engrossed in His Word during the week. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. We saw this word med- meditate. We see this word meditation in this world right now. And, uh, you know, who knows that the new age version of meditation is very different to our faith-based of meditation. And um, unfortunately, the word meditation has kind of been warped into something a bit funky and a bit weird. And I was, I was actually thinking about, I might have been chatting with Dave during the week actually, but this idea of meditation. And when I, if I was to go to yoga right now, now I don't go to yoga, but let's say I did go to yoga, you know those hot rooms and you do all your, your sort of different stretches and so forth. And they say, go and meditate now, which I would, would caution about just exercising some, some wisdom around that. But if you were to go and do that, the, the call of the new age is actually to try and clear your minds of everything. You know, if you were to go and find yourself meditating and being at one with you, whatever that means, but be, be at one with you, you can find yourself in a place where you're actually trying to remove the things in your minds so you can live, I guess, quite freely and, 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 and easily. But scripturally here, the word meditation has a very different application to it. You see, instead of trying to actually clear your mind of things, the word meditation actually is talking about here, consume it. Find yourself filling your minds 
with His Word, with His Scripture, with His holes. And then it says, don't deviate from the left to the right. Now, when I looked at this word, meditate, I looked at the original sort of meaning, I actually found two things that came out which I thought was really, really cool. The first word of meditation when in, this, in, this, in this particular case here, it actually refers to these words, utter underneath your breath. Utter underneath your breath. What's that mean? It means that whenever you go, wherever you go, you find yourself talking and sharing and being able to remind yourself of the power of God's Word. So I might be going into a meeting, I might find myself in an unknown situation and there might be a bit of a fear that comes over my life. I can sort of start to say, you know what, God, I know that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but you give me a spirit of, of, of a sound mind. And I can start to utter that under my breath. You might be finding yourself in a place and a time when you're married, when you might find, look, I'm not too sure I looked at you right then, Zeke, but you know, um, you might be finding yourself in a situation where you, you need God's Word to be able to find yourself moving forward and, and you can utter underneath your breath, I know that two are stronger than I, I know you've formed me, and I know you've brought me together and you are not, there'll be no division in, in, in this particular place. You utter these Scriptures underneath your breath. And what this is, it remi- it's a constant reminder of His Word in your life. The second definition that I found and I thought was really encouraging, and I actually had to then go research this a little bit because I had no idea what this was. Um, if there's any farmers out there right now, you will actually probably know this a lot better than me. But it actually says these words, chewing on cud. Chewing on cud. And I thought to myself, what the heck is cud? I've got no idea what cud is. And so I actually researched cud and I realised that cud is um, basically when, when cows... They're in a field and they'll chew on grass. First of all, have you noticed how accentuated the, uh, the cow's chewing is? So they really work their mouth to make sure they get every bit of nutrient out of that particular grass. But then what happens is that they chew it and they chew it and they chew it to the point where the nutrients are then sapped out of it and cud is actually a secondary phase because what happens is that they digest the, the food but then, it's a bit gross right now, pre-warning, the, the, uh, the cow will then actually regurgitate it and then chew on it again and find themselves getting even more nutrients. They'll then digest it and they'll bring it up again and chew it on again. And cud is that kind of substance that's left where all the nutrients are finally taken away and they can then finally do all their digesting. And I found it so fascinating that, that this is the picture that was given to, to, uh, to Joshua during this time when it came to his word. My hope and my prayer for every single person here today is that as you find yourself diving into his holy scriptures, the sovereignty and the supremacy and the power of his scriptures, we'll be like found chewing cud. What does that look like? It looks like digesting his word and find ourselves bringing it back up when we need it. Find ourselves in the right, appropriate time, in the time when we actually do need to rely on and, and draw on His Word, it'll be there to be drawn on. Why? Because we've already done the digesting beforehand. You know, I'm, 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 I'm nudging my fourth decade to be alive in just a few months' time. And I'm not the oldest, I'm not the youngest, but I have found myself in a place over the years of as I've spent time in His Word and throughout all the life's different circumstances, the ones that we can predict, including also the ones that we have no idea ahead of us as well, 
being draw on God's word and find ourselves being able to come back to his word is truly one of the most miraculous and, and, and amazing gifts that God has indeed given us. You know, in this room, there'll be probably different examples of people at different stages of their life when it comes to the idea of drawing into his word. There'll be those here that are already in a really solid foundation and a pattern of spending time in God's word almost on a daily sort of occurrence. If that's you, can I be the wind in your sails right now and say, keep on that journey. That's one of the most beautiful journeys you can do. But equally, we can find ourselves in a place, perhaps you're at the very beginning point of discovering the power of God's word as well. My encouragement this week would be, particularly maybe to chat with Dave, um, some of the, maybe a small group leader, find ourselves in a place where we can begin this journey of diving into his word. I love the fact that we have great worship. I love the fact that we have a, an amazing kids ministry that the guys are doing out there. Fantastic. But nothing will ever replace the centrality and the power of God's word in our life. And I wonder if we can almost go and go to a place of prayer right now where we like pre-commit to this year. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. I'm more on like, let's just, just get yourself in a nice pattern and a nice rhythm. And it might be a different year, but we worship the same God. And so continue in that kind of pattern, continue in that kind of word and continue in that sort of mode. But I wonder if we can take a moment in prayer right now before I hand back to Dave. And we can take a moment to be able just to, to glorify and lift him up and come back to the power of his word and pre-commit to be able to dive into that this year. So... Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. God, we thank you for your presence. God, as we sang here tonight, God, you are more than welcome. This is your church. God, come and fill us here in this place. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of it. We thank you for that, that we can receive faith through hearing. And I pray, Lord Father, as we, 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 we pre-commit to as a church, as individuals, as families here today, Lord, we dive into your holy scriptures. God, we're reminded here today of the sovereignty, of the supremacy, and of the power of your holy word. God, we often ask, where would we be without your word? Where would we be without your presence? And God, we thank you that you have given us the tools, you have helped us to be the builders that build on solid rock. God, I pray for every single individual here. And just as Jesus mentioned, I pray that we will be a wise man, we will be wise women, Lord Father, who know what it means to build their life on solid rock. God, as they open their word, I pray that there will be an ease, God, in their, in their world to understand and to be able to apply in their will. God, above all else, may you receive all the glory here in this place. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, Lord Father. And God, we pre-commit everything to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.